Hello and welcome to the Foreign Influence Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Nikolai. And uh, things are hitting freezing here in the United States where I am. That's the weather report from my end. It's depressing. Nice. Is that a sweater of some sort you're wearing? <laughs> what is that? I, is that a... You know, we had like this conversation animal. the other week. This is a sweatshirt, Guy. sir. Wow. Crazy. Still don't know haven't what this seen, is. <laughs> haven't seen one of those in years now. Yeah. Literally. <laughs> I was outside today where it was 32 degrees Celsius, 32 degrees Celsius. It was, it was great. The pool was nice and warm. It's a beautiful day. Yeah. You did a full on staycation in Singapore. Oh, steak staycation. Yeah. That's where people who can't leave their country because of COVID and go to a hotel inside of their own country and have fun there. And especially here in Singapore where there's no community cases almost. And we have, you know, everything up and running yeah uh, so we went to uh, the marina bay sands hotel it's the, the picture that everybody knows of singapore right the free buildings with the infinity pool on top which is uh, exactly what you'd expect awesome it's completely awesome it was really great almost made me forget about covid and the end of the world and all of that <laughs> yeah and there's a lot of that going around for sure yeah we went about four years ago and it is it's it's really cool yeah um just google up some images on marina bay sands singapore and it it's really well, nice well you're living the permanent staycation man come on i know it's it's um you're living it we're just uh sometimes we go to the grocery nice and then that's it <laughs> that's it do you actually get out of the car no. when you go there or no 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 oh. Yeah. Nice. We do the full on nice. pickup. Although I got to oh. tell you, why in the world wasn't that service offered pre COVID? Because, look, I don't want to spend all my time wandering around the grocery store looking for my groceries. If someone can do the shopping for me, look, they could have charged I, me a premium for that. But now it's just know, but built I've, in. I've seen people off walmart.com. If, you know, if your grocery shopping is anything like that, God, I wouldn't want to miss it. Yes. <laughs> so I wouldn't pay extra. I would just go in. Get on my iPhone, get my Snapchat up and running. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I think there's uh, several different feeds on the people of Walmart, right? Nice. Yeah. Yeah, you should check it out if you don't know it. Yeah. Really great, man. Well, of course, tis the season, uh, election season still here in the U.S. COVID and elections seems to be the only thing we can talk about. But I have voted, sir. Congratulations, Bill. Thank you. I did throw in um, my vote for... Well, let's say against Donald Trump Trump for Joe Biden. Um, Wow, nice. Well, at least you didn't put up the big-ass sign for nothing. (laughs) Yes, I did. I put up a Biden sign, (laughs) first ever in a presidential race that I bothered to do. Um, We had to wait an hour and a half. Hour and a half? To vote. Uh, Wow, that's a a special kind of democracy, Bill. (laughs) (laughs) How does that happen? How does one wait an hour? Because I have seen many messages like this on Twitter in recent days, people saying, I voted. I waited six hours and I would have waited three times longer. Like, what? What? Why? Why? Why are people standing in line so long? Is it just because everybody's running out to vote? Or uh, Well, so yesterday specifically, I don't know about every single state, but yesterday specifically was like a specially promoted early voting day. Uh, in fact, Donald even voted on the same day down in Florida that I did. So he put in his vote. Mm. Uh, so I think maybe, so like there were special early voting locations set up in different places in Illinois where I live. Uh, and so like we went to the local public library 
So I think maybe that, in our case, drove a little more traffic because it was like mm-hmm. first opportunity, right, to do so in person. Also, pro tip to 80% of the people going there, pick up a book. It, there were. So like there were people coming <laughs> and getting <laughs> books and we're like, who are these losers? <laughs> <laughs> There's no pictures in this book. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, okay, everyone knows you're smart. Could just <laughs> everyone knows. <laughs> yeah, so we were an hour out in the cold. Um and uh, then about a half no, hour inside that, why, the building. Why did you have to wait an hour and a half? It was just it was it was long. And then the power went out in the building for about five minutes, so that was entertaining. But that was only about five minutes. Was the guy on a on a Honda bicycle generating the electricity <laughs> one for on a break, or was it how do things work over there? You know, we're not a third world country in every way. We just have, you know, periodic electrical breakdowns and child soldiers running up to wisconsin with weapons in political fights <laughs> and long election lines and no, but no, but that's uh, actually racial pretty strife shocking. um those long election lines are actually shocking it, it you never have long election lines in europe ever for big elections no so i've never uh during my lifetime seen long lines during elections uh, so for example in France. So I lived in France for 10 years, even though I'm not French. So I've seen a few elections. Uh, the way to do it is that there's basically a bunch of places to vote near you. Uh, so I, so what they basically do is they set up voting booths in local public schools. Mm-hmm. And there's public local schools everywhere because it's completely decentralized and zoned. So there's always a voting booth within a 10-minute walk from your home. And um, yeah, I've I've never seen lines or heard of anyone waiting for more than five minutes. You know? Wow. So yeah, I'm not sure what the deal is. Is it like it is is it a result of understaffing, underfunding, active voter suppression, or because that's an issue, right? If you're old and feeble, and let's say there's a pandemic going on. You might not want to stand in line for one and a half hours in the freezing cold, exposing yourself to the elements and, um, you know, the virus. Right. Yeah, well, it's a mix of all of those things. I think it's under-resourcing it, right? Look, we could build out an election system easily if you're willing to spend the money and are committed to making it that easy to vote. And then it doesn't help that in Republican jurisdictions, generally, they like to make things as hard as possible. Uh, They tend to close down voting sites. And that's where you end up with these like eight-hour waits. I have never experienced anything like an eight-hour wait. Um, Mm. But I have also tended to live in Republican areas, which they want to fund, I guess. So this really struck me as unusual. I have never had to wait more than like 10 minutes. And So there were... You're saying the Republicans shut down voting sites in Democratic areas? Yeah, or they know in the states voters? they control. Yeah. yeah. Oh. In states wow, and jurisdictions yeah. they control. So that's active voter suppression? Yes. I'm, yeah, I'm not sure what else you would call that. It, yeah. So that's, that's illegal um, you know, in Europe. And there's, uh, and there's checks on that. People check. So there's um, even in municipal elections, for example, the voting... The voting booths there's independent organizations who check that you know that the booths are accessible and that everyone can 
access it easily, that there's nothing, that there's no funny things going on, right? Yeah. It's nothing like that happening over in the US. No one's checking on these, these. You know, there might be some independent groups. I'm not aware of like formal government groups that do this, but we are, you talk about decentralization. Our voting system is like utterly decentralized with practically down to the very localist level, not a word, uh, that you have different voting machines, different voting procedures. It's at least state by state. And then it can get as simple as county by county, even below that, because these election commissions, like, so the managing group for me is the Peoria County Election Commission. Um, right, right. They run it. So it's like a county of the state. Right. Uh, so we are like ridiculously decentralized on how we approach these hmm. things. So monitoring it is a nightmare, right? You know, tens of millions of people going to vote. What was the last vote total? Over 100 million, something like that. I can't remember. You know, going to vote, there's just yeah, yeah. no way to do it. And uh, now, of course, yes, there is a way to do it. We could make Actually, that commitment. You just said it. It's decentralized. So by definition, there is a way to do it. Because you don't have to solve the 100 million people, right? You have to solve the, tw the I don't know, the 2,000 people who are voting locally. That's yeah. the thing you have to solve. Yeah. So it strikes me as being very doable. You know, you call it criminal, and it just makes me think that, like, it's hard to believe that some of this is even partisan. Like, it should just be an absolute commitment that everyone who is eligible to vote should vote and be able to vote easily. And, like, anything so short be, of that should, should feel vote, like criminal. <laughs> should be able Should be able to vote. Should vote, that's a tricky one. I did throw that one in. Um, Especially right now, right? Since people are... Well, there's a trust issue. Yeah. I think. I think there's a trust issue going Wait, on. between whom and who? <laughs> who and whom? Well, nobody... I mean, what's the reason that people are so so uninterested, right? What's the reason yeah. that people just don't show up? I I, I do wonder if if how many people are going to show up for this election if it's going to be significantly mm. more than usual or you know a majority right probably not right probably it's almost unimaginable uh, how many people what's your regular voting rate like what's your uh absentee oh, rate? very low yeah yeah i would have to look up exact numbers um but the fact is is that voter participation in elections is extremely low yeah. higher in presidential races much lower in what are called the off-year races where we vote in governors for states and senators and, and Congress members, House members. You know, you know the people that really matter. <laughs> you wouldn't want to vote on those. Right, exactly. Right. Yeah. So people yeah. don't yeah, come out for Europe, things yeah. like state legislatures and governors right. and, and things. Um, so yeah, the voter participation is extremely low. Um, now, of course, you're never, ever in the United States going to get things like you have in Australia. Isn't there like a, a penalty? You pay like 20 Australian dollars or something if you don't go to vote. Uh, they have some like hmm. requirements. Um, anything well, like that uh, in Europe? No. Yeah. No, no. You're not forced no. to vote or penalized if you don't. No, but that's, that's, an, interesting, that's an interesting debate, right? It's... it's yeah. is, is it better if you force people to vote? Uh, I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure either. 
Um, because uh, then you have these already were likely low information, low commitment to understanding right. public policy voters. Uh, and then you force them all to choose. Um, You're adding noise. Hmm. Yeah, well, that's You're a good adding point. noise. Well, but on the on the flip side, it would maybe force people to try and inform them. Well, that's true. Right, maybe it would force people to be engaged. Right, it would force politicians to speak a language that people understand, maybe, mm. or to explain what it is that they're doing in a more intelligible way. I think there's a there's a real disconnect, right? Even even in you can see it in the COVID response, right? There, yeah. There's a the trust issue is really is really crystallizing right now around the COVID issue. I mean, come, there's come on, there's even in Europe right now, there's riots everywhere, right? Yeah. There's riots with people attacking police officers because they're breaking up parties, because they're telling people that they should follow the COVID rules. And there's a lot of conspiracy theorists out there, of course, but there's also people with genuine concerns who feel like all of these measures aren't sufficiently well explained mm. and, um, you know, who have sometimes legitimate concerns about um, why these things are being done and why they're not being explained better than they are. And, you know, there's just a complete disconnect. There's just a lack of trust. And I think at the beginning of the, of, of the epidemic, that wasn't as explicit, right? When contrary to the U S I feel in the U S the, the level of trust has always been low. Mm -hmm. But in Europe, at least in the beginning of the pandemic, the level of trust was there. Um, and it has just deteriorated. And I hmm. think it's a symptom of, the, of, of an underlying illness, which is the disconnection between the political class and the people, which is getting worse and worse. Yeah. I would agree. Um, you know, in the United States, uh, there's uh, one of the key things that uh, Biden, for example, has emphasized is that he, he wants to restore certain things, restore the way things were. Uh, and the fact is, is the way things were for most Americans weren't good at all. Uh, continuing economic right. inequality, uh, endless wars, right? Uh, so... Yeah, there's a lack of connection, I think. Yeah, man, especially a guy his age. If he talks about restoring, he should really specify the decade. <laughs> yes. <Right? It's> <laughs> back, back in the 50s. You know, people have counter-argued to me that his agenda is one of the most progressive of any president that they've seen, especially on climate change and things like this. But hmm. you talk about trust. I'm like, okay, that's fine. What is he willing to fight for? And we shall see. I don't know, I, actually. I, find, I actually don't know much about his policy, but I'm pretty sure, I'm willing to bet it's not the most progressive guy in the universe. You know, progressive on paper right, and just, doesn't tell you right. what he's going to actually do. Well, that's, that's an interesting thing, right? That's, that's, that speaks to the whole politicians always promise us things that, and they never deliver. Yeah. Um, thing which is not, I think, because politicians lie, but because politics is very, very difficult. Mm. Right? You can be extremely well-intentioned and get almost nothing done. Execution yes. in politics is very, very difficult. Yeah. For example, I think President Obama was 
in most ways very well intentioned um and he got some great things done but remarkably little if you compare it to his ambitions i'm sure and some things that he signed off on weren't great at all yeah right because there's politics and there's a system and executing on your desires within that system is very very hard um thank god because otherwise trump would have done <laughs> well so right so that works the other way too yeah, Even the inertia more things, I'm can sure. be beneficial as well as uh, uh, a bad thing. Biden, listen, how old is he? <laughs> yeah. 78. Oh, my God. Yeah. Right? He's 78, right? You know, I'm trying to think. He's not going to make it. He's not going to make it. <laughs> oh, no, seriously, Bill. He's probably not going to make it. He's not going to make it till the end. Odds are overwhelmingly against him making the end of his term. Yeah. Yeah. They, they just are, right? Well, people are living longer, though. I wish him well. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not quoting Trump here, so I just genuinely wish him well. I hope he lives a long and happy life, but he is 78. Yeah. And he is going to be the president of the United States of America if he gets elected, which I hear is a pretty tough job. Yep. It might even be tougher than being vice president. I, I, do I worry is. about the endurance level. I agree. Um, then again, Trump just shows that you don't have to do that much. So, I mean, <laughs> well, you have to stay up watching right? TV and tweeting. That's pretty tough because, well, is. the screens are getting bigger and bigger. So, I, I guess, yeah. You know, I want to come back to something you were saying earlier about uh, it isn't necessarily that politicians lie. Uh, mm -hmm. But you know what? One thing about politics is I think people want to be lied to, right? We don't ever reward politicians who are honest with us. We just expect them to tell us what we want to hear, and we reward them with a vote. That's, the system incentivizes being well, listen, lied to, if, and we accept it. Well, it is very difficult to be honest, right? If you're, if you, well, there's a difference between being dishonest and incomplete. Um, so if you were to say, listen, people, mm -hmm. these are my ambitions. Um, but I have to work with a bunch of people who neither like me nor agree with me. And, and quite frankly, it's going to be very difficult to do any of these things. Yeah. So if we're lucky, <laughs> I may be going to be able to do this. Then nobody yes. will vote for you, right? It just, it doesn't, being realistic isn't a very good pitch. But I, I do think that people are quite on, seem to be unaware of, the difficulty in in executing on your ambitions in politics hmm. like i for sure i wouldn't want to do it it i well i think it's right. much easier to do almost anything else yeah yeah and politicians routinely get made fun of but it is a hard job because they somehow have to balance all of these deeply passionate interests and lie to people. I'm sorry, I can't help but call it lying. Yes, I realize there are lies of omission, as you're hinting to. You just don't say everything. But you can. You can be straight up with people and just say, look, this is, these are visions, but this is what I realistically will get done. This is what I'll truly fight for. I had someone send me a giant list of things that supposedly the Biden administration will do. And that was my response. It's like, yeah, maybe they'll get two of these done. But listen, it doesn't work, right? It's not like 
But there are many Jews. I'm not sure we are going to make it. You know, are we going to try? <laughs> okay. <laughs> what is but this? there is there are so many of them. I'm not oh sure. We're gonna be it doesn't it doesn't doesn't work. Oh my god. Like, if, like no, I don't think that's been, a top notch comparison right there. <laughs> if Hitler had been honest, you know, oh, the, the world would have been a better place. Much, oh my much god. better place. We yes. wouldn't have had any of those nasty things. That lying son of a bitch. I tell you. God. But that was a lie of a, of a mission, right? He didn't uh, mention it. I see your point. Right. No, but I mean, like, it's, I think it's, um, yeah, it's tricky. It's tricky, but I think the trust is just completely ruined. And I think that's mostly because of, no, we're going to get back to communists. We're going to sound like communists again, because uh -oh. I really do feel because it's of increasing inequality. Yeah. Right? That's my sense. Yeah. I, I think that people, broadly speaking, in the West, uh, large swaths of them have been pushed into greater and greater economic insecurity. Um, right. Whereas the elite, and especially the elite elite, have pulled away with more resources and more power. And so mm -hmm. the system increasingly favors them. Exactly. Um, and that same dynamic is playing out uh, even in communist countries like China, uh, where incredibly wealthy people uh, are getting incredibly wealthy. Now, yes, there is a growing middle class, but um, not anywhere on the scale of these truly wealthy people. So this system is replicating itself um, right. across the globe in all political systems, just with that added touch of authoritarianism and uh, no free speech in China, which is just a little, little butter on top of the bread. Mm, nice. <laughs> <laughs> Great thing about no free speech is you don't need guns. See, there you go too. You get, you just get rid of all of that. You know all what you were saying yeah. earlier that they need to speak in terms that people understand and thinking of China. I got a soundbite that really struck me oh. um, from Trump. Uh, this week. So I, I got to play this one for you. Um, he's talking about a new weapon system. And I'm wondering if you can pick out what the, the technical name is of this weapon All system. Right. We're now doing a hydrosonic, I call them super dupers <laughs> missile. But it's a uh, hydrosonic. I call it super duper because super duper is easier for people to understand than hydrosonic. Everybody is envious. We have the hydrosonic missiles that you used to hear about. We didn't have them because other countries were stealing our plans from the Obama administration. Uh, I caught the super duper missiles that go very fast, hydrosonic, right? Super dupers. They go five to seven times faster than the fastest missile in the world. Well, that's the thing about going hydrosonic. You go five <laughs> times faster than the fastest missile. That's... You got and when it. you do that, it, it makes a it makes a slurpy noise. Like <laughs> <laughs> that's so, well known. It's well known physics fact. So that was yep. a supercut of how wow. many times he has called, and he just did it again recently, which is why this one guy uh, put a supercut of the number of times that he has called this new weapon system hydrosonic, which is in well, fact a toothbrush. It sounds super. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he has one. Maybe he read on the packaging that it gets your teeth super duper clean. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. But isn't super he speaking duper. in the language of the people? He, he's talking yeah, about he a super is. duper toothbrush. When in fact, well, what this is, by the way, is a hypersonic missile. Right. 
which is a new weapon system uh, developed in the U.S. I don't or st- stolen. I don't know what he's talking about with the stolen, but developed in China, uh, Russia, and the U.S. now. And the idea is, is that these are super fast, super accurate, so that like anything like aircraft carriers are no longer a military factor. Where's the duper? Hmm. Well, you said super accurate, super fast, but there's no duper. Well, you know, he oversells it. This is the thing. There you go. He goes to the duper. He could just leave it alone, but no. Stick, stop at the super. Okay, don't. (laughs) This is our commander in chief who is talking repeatedly about a hydrosonic weapon instead of of hypersonic weapon. Can you imagine being a general underneath this? (laughs) Yes, sir. We do have the super duper uh, missiles. The hydrosonic yes. ones? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. yes we do. Maybe, maybe they're like, just call it super duper. <laughs> just, forget, <laughs> just say they're super. Forget about the whole height. Forget about the toothbrush. Super duper. Now. Come on. Right. Super yeah. duper. So th- this is our commander in chief. This is, um, you know, it's a very conservative perspective to say our commander in chief should at least be militarily literate and this is what we have going but people will vote for him so you know what do, what do i what do i know oh it's but, you know, this is a serious issue because um in the south china sea and as it regards taiwan us aircraft carriers have generally um been our muscle over in that part of the world and of course china is growing militarily they've always wanted to reconquer as they look at it taiwan uh so i just constantly want to remind americans hey there is a rest of the world and things are getting actually quite dangerous uh in asia partly because of these weapon systems partly because of long-standing um policy goals um so that was kind of why i wanted to bring that one up scary stuff yeah. in some scary sectors stuff of man. asia for sure yeah well now that you've got the super duper you should be okay we yeah right don't worry about it yeah those hydrosonic <laughs> weapons are gonna save the day hey should we go on to some good news or something here? oh you think there's good news well i don't know you know here let me uh start this music and uh there we go all right got let's any have good a look news? we're having a look at the at our friends from the good news network on twitter mm-hmm. let's see huh all right Apparently, City keeps mysterious plaques on park benches because people are loving the hilarity. And one of them reads, Nothing of note happened here, or at least that is what they want you to believe. (laughs) 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 Alright, I I like that. Which I think is pretty good. Yeah. Canadian researchers gave homeless people $7,000 each and the results are so uplifting... I have no idea what the results were, but I'm pretty sure they're going to be underwhelming. Well, we'll have <laughs> to look into that one more. We'll have to look it up. Look it up. Uh, new Fixit Clinic is using Zoom and global community to help you repair items for free. Uh, hmm. What items? So, I don't know. Well, I see a toaster. The toothbrushes? And, the uh, hydrosonic toothbrushes? Something with a Hello Kitty on it. So I guess if your Hello Kitty is broken, you can zoom into the Fix-It clinic and they will oh, help you fix thank it. God. You know, everyone's thought 2020 sucked, but that. Have you tried hitting it? Have you ever tried <laughs> turning it off and back on again? That's basically <laughs> what this is, right? All right. Well, uh, I will talk to you next week, Nikolai. I will, sir. All right. Take care. Talk soon.